Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat, There's a cat over there. Cat. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another very fun episode. I have promised you, the listeners, a wide variety of cats-related content, and today we continue down that path as I welcome a cat's superfan. My guest today, Nat DiMario, is part of the infamous cat's junkyard, has a cat's blog, and saw the 2016 cat's revival 88 times. So I have a billion questions for you nat so welcome to the wrong cat died and thank you for joining me thank you for having me so i definitely am going to ask you about the 88 time <laughs> but i want to save that because what i want to first start is just general cats fandom like how did you get into the play like what's like what was the the genesis of your fandom well i first saw cats um when i was in fifth grade this was like i don't know 2011 um when it came on tour through my town and i fell in love with it and you know at the time like fandom and the internet was all very new and i was like a baby basically um but i used to like play cats with one of my like good friends who also really loved the musical and we would like pretend to be characters i would pretend to be mr mistopheles and she would pretend to be demeter and then i started writing like cats fan fiction when like that was just sort of becoming a thing that people did um and then i fell out of it for quite a few years um and then when the broadway revival opened and i went to see it my love sort of came back instantly and i just completely fell back into it got sort of re-obsessed with all the characters started connecting with other fans on twitter mostly um and it all just sort of came rushing back to me as if it was, you know, 2011 again. <laughs> so you, what type of fan fiction did you write? Cause there's a lot out there. <laughs> um, I wrote when I was younger, I wrote a lot of like stuff set in the universe, but made up like original characters and sort of like put them into that universe, like interacting with the Canon characters. Um, more recently, the fan fiction that I wrote, like during the revival time period, was about the actual like canon characters 
based on things that it like that I had observed during the show, like little interactions that I like expanded on and like wrote like longer stories about. Incredible. I, I really think so you're part of that junkyard group. And I think that there is Tyler yes. Haynes mentioned it and a couple who have mentioned that there are rumors and stuff that come from the amount of times your group has seen the show. So like tell me yes. more about like about that, being part of that that group. You know, it was very strange because our group, of our group, I was the person who saw it the most. I'm pretty sure I'm the person who saw the revival the most out of, like, literally anyone, like, who saw it. Um, but my, my, my friend group, The Junkyard, um, we, it ranged from people who saw it, like, once or twice only to me. Um, but we all were so invested in the characters in the actors and the like specific portrayals of the characters um, that we, we would go and we would literally watch a different cat basically every time we saw it. And we picked up on little interactions that would be different every night or that they would do all the time that just like the average person seeing the show for the first time would never pick up on. So definitely the most like sort of infamous one, um, was Tugger Shanks, um, which is the Skimble Shanks and Rum Tum Tugger ship that started with me the first time I saw the show before um, the fandom sort of re-blossomed. Um, and it came from this moment in Act Two um, during the Peaks and the Pollicles, the song that like Gus performs, um, where Skimbleshank sort of walks away and he goes and he sits over next to the Rum Tum Tugger on like the car trunk and they just have like some interaction. Like Skimble gets up and just like storms away. And I watched that and I said, what is happening here? Um, and it just sort of became this joke that became more serious that we like mentioned to the actors at the stage door, like what's up with like Skimbleshanks and Tugger's friendship? And it just sort of went from there and became a thing that they actually played like on stage. Yeah, you you influenced the show. It was like very like you influenced weird. the show. Yeah, like that's I mean that's like an amazing thing. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to think about because that that's like when I was researching for both of those characters and I was like trying to understand like their backstories and all the phenomena. It was like there's something going on in the. 2016 revival and I couldn't I couldn't figure it out and then Tower Haynes kind of confirmed it and said it was it's basically it was you it was like your group yeah. of friends that they just decided to kind of continue with which is incredible so I want to talk about the fact that you saw it 88 times so I did some math the 2016 <laughs> revival had 593 performances and 16 previews so there was 609 opportunities to see the show you saw it 88 times it's roughly 76 weeks worth of shows. So you saw just under 15% of the performances and saw over one a week. Yeah. My only question is just, is just why, like, like how, why, like, how did you, like, how did you make that happen? Um, I know you said you were a student in New York, so you were already, you know, you're obviously close to the theater. Like you had that ability to kind of t to get there easily, but that's, I mean, that's an incredible commitment like that's more than people do when they join a sports team, like for, like for fun. Like it's you, you did this for two plus years or for over a year and a half every week, if not more. 
um, to see the same thing. I mean, it's like it's it's incredible. And so, again, my question is, is, is why and how the why is it started with just oh, I really enjoyed this. I want to go see it again. And usually the shows that I like, I try to go back and see a couple of times. Um, But with Cats especially, there are so many characters and so many different people who understudy those roles. A lot of it actually became going back to see understudies play roles and to see different portrayals of the characters. And my friends and I made sort of a habit of trying to find out when like swings were going on for the first time and playing different roles. And we would make a point to go and see it and see those performances. Um, So that's where a lot of the trips came from, but I just sort of got so used to being there all the time and having something fun to do that I knew I enjoyed doing that. It would just be like, Oh, I had like a a hard day, like like a hard day at school, like a long week. Let's go see cats like for fun. Um, so that was the why, and the how was the Broadway Direct Lotto was a lifesaver. Um, yeah. Those $40 tickets. Um, <laughs> um, I think not a lot of people were entering the Cats Lotto because basically anytime I entered, I won. And Which makes, so basically, sense, you're I could, there, you can go. Yeah, yeah, I could. Right, and it was super easy, and I lived, you know, 10 minutes away from the theater, so it was very easy to just scoot down there and go see it on a whim basically and there were times when i would rush down there literally like half an hour before the show started because i found out that some understudy was going on and i would run up to the box office and be like give me your cheapest seat in the balcony please um and i would just go in and see it so i know you have a cat's blog and one thing that i i read that i thought like i really appreciated was that you mentioned that when you find something that you like and it gives you happiness like you shouldn't even have to apologize for it. So it's like the 88 times is just like, I do think it's the most anyone's ever seen the the revival. Like you definitely have to be holding that, that torch. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, some people watch sporting events or watch whatever, um, or turn on their favorite record. And it's like, yours just happens to be cats. And so like, I do think it's, it's kind of cool. You tracked, did you track who you got to see? Was there anybody that you didn't get to see that you wish you could see do a performance yeah uh there there were a couple of understudies who went on that um that i never got to see um sam lips understudy tugger and i never got to see him go on he only went on a couple of times and it happened right at the end of the run and i i went out of town like the week of christmas so right before the show closed and he went on like the night that i left town and i was so angry um and there were a couple of understudies that i only got to see once like early in the run and then they never went on again um and i wished so badly that i could see them again. Callan Bergman, who is one of the swings, he understudied Mistopheles. And the first time I saw the revival, he was Mistopheles. And I like fell in love with his performance. And he only went on like two other times. And I didn't get to see either of those. And I spent the entire rest of the run just wishing that he would go on again. And he never did, um, which was very sad. So you touched on this a little bit about that you watched like one character the whole show, but like, what did you pick up on number time number 36 seeing the show versus time number two versus time number 75, you know, like, I mean, how, like, was there, was there aha moments later on? Like when you got 
past half the halfway point of seeing it. You know, it's funny because I think the the longer I went and the um the more times i saw it i would actually start to sort of zone out in the middle of it because it was just like i've seen this so many times i know it so well and i don't have to like pay as close attention to be able to sort of get the full experience um the things that i started really leaning into later on were the moments when the cats like interact with the audience um because usually I usually was not lucky enough to get like seats close to the stage um, when I, you know, entered the lotto because those seats are random and it's based on what's like left in the theater. But there were always these seats in like the front row on the very sides that are only sold at the box office. And so they're always empty. Um, And me and my friends would always move up to those seats during intermission. Um, and the interactions you get with the with the cats when you're sitting up close are the best because the actors, you know, got to know us. Um, and so when they would come off the stage during Mistopheles and be like dancing in the aisle, like they would see us and they would be like happy to see us as actors and audience members. Um, and that was always really what I looked forward to the in like the second half of the run was those interactions but yeah whenever i was there watching like a new understudy i would especially watch them and i'd be like what did this person do differently um than the other people who i've seen play the role and how did they interpret the character um and it was stuff like that and it would be like the random little like ensemble cats that i would be so invested in that's that's amazing because those are the ones that like most people don't even no names right. like their names let alone who's performing what's the nuances to that right. okay so you have to be one of the i mean do you do you consider yourself one of the like the biggest cats fans like you have a blog you're part of the junkyard you wrote fan fiction um are you part of the tumblr group i used to be um not anymore and honestly i've sort of fallen out of the cats fandom i've sort of like moved on to other things now because i can't s- sort of Not that Cats is, like, a dead fandom, but once the show closed and, like, there wasn't new stuff to do every day, I just sort of, like, moved on to other stuff. But my love for it is always there. So all that to say, like, I was in, like, the Tumblr fandom while the show was open. um, And there were, like, huge sort of rifts between us because it was the people who saw the Broadway revival and liked it. And all, like, the older fans of the show are, like, the European fans who hated the Broadway revival because it was different. And like, we could never like find peace. It was sort of a nightmare. So there is within the cats fandom, a traditionalist and then the modern interpretation group yeah. that are arguing. Yeah. That, that's always, wow. that's been my experience. There's a Facebook group. Um, that's mostly for like cats cosplay that I'm in, but I never post in anymore. Um, but there, there would always just be arguments and there would be the like the European fans being like, the Broadway revival is trash and this thing they did differently is bad and this thing is bad. And I'd be like, it's fun though. Did you ever, you should come back by saying, but they did the street tugger in Europe. <laughs> that's, that, right? that's what like, I said. Was, I'm like, at least we brought back like the real rum tum tugger. <laughs> like you guys. Like that was the biggest mistake. Yeah. You guys are in not all innocent. Of Kat's history. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the plot. Yeah. As the, as probably the 
biggest fan that I've spoken with, and I've talked to a few, but but you, especially with the revival, because you saw the revival, which is the my entire context of the show, mm-hmm. um, besides the 1998 movie. What did I get? What have I gotten wrong? Like, what am I totally off on? on things that I've kind of made up as an outsider looking in. I think that the the biggest thing that I sort of disagree with, with your interpretation of the plot is I've never seen it as so much that they are competing and that every performance that they do is like an audition to go to the heavy side layer. I see the Jellicoe ball as like a big celebration of like who they are and they, they, they don't see each other most of the time, except for once a year. So they get together. They're as Jellicles, what they do is they sing and dance. That's just like who they are. So it's more of like, we're going to go and if you want to perform, like go ahead and perform. Um, and there are just certain cats who, you know, are candidates for going to the heavy side layer and some who are not in my opinion. And so it's, more, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's more, totally fair. Yeah. Movie, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, the movie definitely painted it as um, as this is a competition, um, and I've I've just never seen it that way. Um, yeah. Did you go to a preview? Yes. By chance, the, or did you, did you start no, preview? that's not true. No, I did not get to see it in previews. I saw it at the for the first time after it had already opened. Okay, but you definitely saw the the original, like the first group, right? Yes. My narrow interpretation again mm-hmm. i i don't i don't disagree with you i i think there's a lot of ways i think that's the beauty of the show there's a lot of ways to interpret oh, yeah. it. but i was basically sold this with leona lewis <laughs> that's fair and so i think because of that i was like x factor and i was like and then like when i saw a miniature version of x factor like almost a meta version of x factor pop up on the stage that was immediately where my head went. And so now the more I've like looked at it and I've watched the 1998 movie and heard people talked about it, like I, I think that your version has probably way more merit than mine. But that was not the way I like walked out. And so that's that's the angle I've stuck with. Um, and that's what all of my frame reference. So I, I actually think I can see your point. I like I can concede that point. Um, is there any of my the theories I've made up that you disagree with? Um Let's see. Um, okay, definitely the one, and this is something I think that causes a lot of arguments in the Cats fandom, is um, whether Tugophiles is real or not. Um, whether Mistopheles and Tugger are a thing. It's My, all the fan fiction. Besides it, yours, I guess. It, I mean. it is true. It is true that I would say the majority of the fan fiction is the two of them. I have never shipped them. Part of that, I think, comes from the fact that when I first got into Cats, I was little and sheltered and did not know the gay people existed. Um, <laughs> and I interpreted them. I, OK, I have very specific opinions about the family tree, which I think sort of. Let's hear ties it. Into I want to hear it. Because um, I think there's 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 a lot of ways to make arguments of like that could be this. But if that is correct, mm-hmm. then this can't be correct. Exactly. But I could argue why this could be correct. Right. So I'm very curious. Your yeah. what is your what is your tree? Have you actually mapped it out? I have. Yeah. A couple of times. Um, okay. I've, I've struggled to find a good way to do it because there's so many like interwoven bits that it gets very hard. A friend of mine did a spreadsheet of it. I was like, that's smart. Um, so. For me, it starts with Old Deuteronomy, who is, you know, the Jellicle leader and the father of a lot of the cats. His 
four children um, that we know of. Monkestrap, Rum Tum Tugger, McCavity, and this is unique only to the Broadway revival in my mind, but I know that I think Andy Huntington Jones mentioned it in maybe one of the vlogs that Alonzo is Muggestrap's brother. So that's four cats who are Old Deuteronomy's sons. In my mind, Mistopheles is McCavity's son. He doesn't know that. Most of them don't know that. He's told that he's like Bustover Jones's son because, you know, they're both like the black tuxedo cats. Um, but who's who's sort of mom then in this scenario? Some unknown cat that does not like exist unknown, in the okay. show, just like someone. Okay. Um, and he was sort of like, oh, and he and Victoria are siblings. So the two of them were sort of like rescued, taken away from McCavity, brought to the tribe and raised in the tribe. Um, he finds out at some point, um, that McCavity is his father. And that sort of causes some tension because like, first of all, he gets his magical powers from McCavity. Um, makes sense. Yep. And there, it causes some tension because it's like, do they trust him, you know, in the tribe? Do they trust him to use his magic? Do they think he's going to, like, turn evil? Um, so that's sort of a, a plot point that I've always been interested in. Um, but what this means is that Tugger is his uncle. And so that is how I have always interpreted the family tree. And so the thought of shipping them never occurred to me when I was little, and most of my headcanons from when I was little have stayed with me until now. Yeah, um, so that makes that makes a ton of sense that you've that you've already put them in the same family tree. Right. So that is in an, an impossible scenario. Right. I totally okay. I totally that, get I it though. Them. You can buy that. Yeah. I totally get it though. Like I understand like why people ship them and I totally see it. Um I'm just it's just not my headcanon and it's not like a ship that i am personally invested in um and as we know i am a huge tugger shanks fan and not that i don't think they could coexist because there is definitely polyamory in cats um but (laughs) you you i think you created tugger shanks oh yeah i i i did (laughs) which is so weird to think about but i did that's i think that's amazing (laughs) With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, all right. So I, I'm, I'm following along through your the rest of your kind of cats. What? How do you view then like Grizabella's arc? Like what's her family relationship to who and her whole storyline? 
this is something that has like changed a lot for me and I don't know that I've completely settled on it but um there was a time when I really liked the theory that she was Tugger's mom and so there's there's a little bit of me that's like she had a thing with old Deuteronomy at one point um and so one of my theories was that she was Tugger's mom um which I which I still kind of like because they both sort of have that like I'm, you know, fabulous, like whatever, except that, you know, she's sort of moved past that now and, you know, has, has fallen from grace in a way. And what I like about the theory that she's Tugger's mom is that he's afraid that he's going to go down that same path and that he's sort of going to wind up like no longer fabulous, like everyone's going to hate him. Like, so there, so there's that, um, which I really like. There's also, um, a theory that she is Demeter and Bombalurina's mother, um, which I also really like, um, and sort of explains why they're the ones like singing the song about her and why they're they they seem to shun her so much because they're like ashamed of her. Um, I think that's probably the one that I that I stick to the most um, in terms of her like relation to the other cats, but definitely she was with the tribe she was part of the tribe she was a well-loved part of the tribe and then she i think she distanced herself from them unintentionally and either left of her own accord or was forced out um i don't really know which and i don't she she's a cat she's a character that i don't put a lot of thought into um all i know is that one thing that that happened in the Broadway revival that I, I want to say Mamie Paris mentioned in a vlog at one point was that like, she had a thing with McCavity and that's why she left. And that I'm just not on board with. I don't, I don't know what that was about, but I don't agree. That one. So that is, I think a strange one, because if you think about Demeter and McCavity's relationship, and then to your point, if they're, mom and daughter now it's like that's also a little strange and then when you start bringing like if it is the if it's if she is tugger's mom then that would be her nephew like (laughs) not necessarily i guess but like loosely it's his brother yeah this is where it gets very dot it's a lot of dot lines yes okay i want to do some rapid fire but before i do that i want to ask you how would you if you've got a friend who's never seen cats mm-hmm. and you're going to bring them. What's your sales pitch to like, come with me to see the show. Um, I have done this actually multiple times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and usually what I say is, look, it's a little crazy. You don't, don't worry if you don't understand what's going on, go and enjoy the dancing because it's amazing. Enjoy the music because it's amazing and enjoy the spectacle of it. Um, and just don't think too hard about it and just like and let them be singing cats and just roll with it and have fun that's all that's awesome okay i want to do a couple quick rapid fire um if you were in the play okay which character would you want to perform Mm -hmm. skimble shanks okay um favorite cat and least favorite cat not character not actor cat Favorite, again, definitely Skimbleshanks. Um, least favorite, I have two. One is the like ironic answer, one is the unironic answer. Um, 
unironic Jelly Lorem. I just have never liked her ever since I was little, and she still makes me angry for some reason. Um, I, well, you got to you got to explain why a little bit more. Okay, Gus's song is so slow and so long, and when I was little, it just made me angry. Um, I so I didn't like her because she sang it, and I didn't like him because I didn't like his song. Now I love his song, and I love him. But I've just never liked her. I but think still, she's annoying. Like her. I, I think, think okay. she's annoying. The ironic answer is Carbuckety. Um, random chorus cat. I have just simply always had a grudge against him. He makes me so mad. But also I talk about him so much that no one believes me when I say I don't like him. That's um, a love-hate. Yeah, definitely. If you were quarantined with a cat, which one would you pick? <sighs> Jenny Any Dots. Um, Ooh, okay, is, why? She's, she is practical. She gets things done. Um, but she does it, like, on her own schedule. The whole, like, sleeping during the day, being incredibly lazy, very me. And then when she's awake, when she's ready to go, being completely frantic, that is also me. Um, so I think we would have, like, a good balance of sort of sleep, work, time so you want to yeah you're going to quarantine with a mirror image of yourself yeah exactly okay <laughs> and then i i usually ask which cat would you want to write a tumblr for but i guess since you did that what was your favorite character to be a tumblr writer for um i'm gonna start sounding repetitive but definitely skimble shanks um yeah, yeah. i just i i think about him a lot <laughs> did you have any original characters for the tumblr um not not like in recent times um i had made up original characters when i was younger oh my god i don't need, i don't i wish i could remember their names now um there is fan fiction that exists of them in like the depths of like old fandom stuff it's out there you know if anyone cares to try to track it down but um not not recently no i i tend to stick to like the canon characters what was your most read popular fan fiction story Ooh, um probably one of the tugger shanks ones um where i think it might have been like it might have been the love confession one that i literally took like word for word from what tyler and jeremy told us they said on stage um yeah Probably that one, or for my old old fan fiction, I wrote one where, where Mistopheles died, and for some reason, people really liked that one. I always got comments on it. Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, the, the first one makes sense. The first one is like an interesting angle. The second one seems like people are rooting against them. I know. I think they were like, "Oh my god, this was so sad. It broke my heart." And I'm like, "I was nine. Are you sure?" Are you sure you thought this was good? <laughs> so usually my, my last question, which I do want to ask you, is I ask if you think I'm right or wrong on Grizzabelle being the wrong cat to die. But based on the amount of, like, the depths of your fandom, mm -hmm. I want you to rank the cats in terms of most to least worthy or least to most worthy and you don't have to do every like all ensemble characters, but at least the main characters. And then if you don't think they're even because like I think you said in the celebration, there's some that don't even have a shot. 
Um, if they don't have a shot, you can give them an, in, an incomplete grade. But how would you give, like, what is your order of if you're old Deuteronomy and you're, and you're okay. doing your ballot all the way down? Let's hear the, let's okay. hear the rankings. Um, we're going to put Gus at the top, um, which I think most people would agree with. Although I, I respect Chris Gurr's, like, interpretation about him just sort of crawling under a tire to die. And I, I love that. Um, but... Gus at the top always has been. Um, after that, probably Jenny Any Dots. Like, she's getting old. She's, like, done her work. She has, like, proved that she is great. And she is... She would be ready to go, I think. So I would put her next. Um, let's see. I, I'm going to appease, like, 2011 Nat and actually say number three is old Deuteronomy himself. It, it is time for him to go. <laughs> Um, who takes over the choice if he leaves? I think Monk is Strap, um, who's always sort of been second in command. I think Makes he sense. would he yep. would become the leader. Um, I I guess I'll say Grizabella after that. Um, I have no pro. The thing is, I have no problem with her going. I just think there were other people who should have gone and would have gone if she hadn't showed up. Um. But really, after that, those are really the only cats that I see as, um, as like, being, like, ready to go. But if we're going to judge based on performance alone, um, all of them after well, that, I would my say... Criteria. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely, definitely Tugger, just because his performance is so fabulous. Um... And then Mistopheles, um, I mean, he, like, saves the day. Like, that's pretty great. That earns him a lot of points, I think. Um, Skimbleshanks, um, who obviously is just great at what he does. And clearly everybody loves him. So that's, like, that's a lot in his favor. <laughs> um, I expected you to rank Skimbleshanks higher based on everything you've said. Um. I, I think I think very highly of him. I just don't I, I don't think he's ready to go. I think I think he has too much fun doing what he's doing. Um he, he likes right. he likes true. this life. I, that's 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 even better. Um, you like you yeah. know it's your favorite, yeah. but but not ready to go. Yeah, he's gotta he's gotta stick around. Um Busted for Jones, uh just cause yeah, I mean, he, he might even be in the in the group of cats who actually could go, and I would be okay with that. Um, toward, toward the bottom, just because I don't like him very much, but, like, yeah, he can go. Yeah, sounds good. You know, in conclusion, I, yeah, I've spent so long with these characters, um, and I've spent so many years thinking about them. Um, you know, they're... They're all like this big family and they sort of feel like my family in a way, which sounds like really cheesy now that I say it, but that's what it's been like. Um, and I feel like I know them so well and just getting to spend so much time with them was such a joy for me. And it's honestly why I wanted to have you on is just hearing somebody that has such true fandom, got to experience it so many times from so many different angles and be a part of um, 
of the community and have like, you know, and, and tell me again, for me as someone from the outside looking in, like where those, there's errors, where there's stuff that was wrong. What am I looking at incorrectly? Um, which is the beauty of the show. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join, to join me today and, uh, and be part of, um, this, this incredible cats community. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for giving me the chance to talk about cats because I don't get to that often these days. So with that, I want to thank you all for listening to uh, this episode with Matt DiMario on The Wrong Cat Die, the podcast breakdown of the cat's catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.